1: Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and White right Radio on AM560 City Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. And I'm like, you know, I'm 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 really excited about this week. Because I got two people in, in the studio um, who I've known for quite some time now. Uh, one I actually serve with in the Illinois General Assembly. Um I don't know if I can call you dad. <laughs> but and I also have a good friend of mine who's, who's anything you want to know about two A related uh, issues. Um, this is the this is probably the guy you want to reach out to. Uh, first, I want to welcome town, uh, Addison Township Supervisor Dennis Rebelletti, John. former state rep. John it was. It's great to be on the show with you. Yeah, I've listened to
2: you since you've started. Thank you. I uh, love the show. Thank you. And. Uh, Looking forward. I haven't seen my friend Todd here for a while, but uh, we all work together on some things I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about here in a little bit.
1: And that Todd that Dennis spoke of was Todd Vandermite, uh, Freedom's Steel, who now has a YouTube channel where you can learn all things Second Second Amendment related. Todd, welcome back to Black and Yeah, um, Thank you.
3: Thank you. That's good to
4: see you again. You know what the funny thing is? John may be the most left-leaning guy in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good looking. That says a lot, Todd. Yeah, that says a whole uh, whole lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did start a YouTube channel called Freedom Steel. It's a play on words right now. And uh, what it is is that I'm on the board of directors at Aurora Sportsman's Club. Yeah. And we're going through a major build-out of the club. And with that, uh, I convinced the club a couple of years ago to start acquiring our own equipment. Oh, look at I'm you. I'm a retired... Local 150, operating engineer. We've got a few others like me in the mm-hmm. club, a few active guys in the club. And so we just said it's cheaper for us to sit there and do our own work. And by doing our own work, we save a lot of money. Wow. Uh, we just recently acquired a D-8T, which is in the picture on my YouTube channel. So it's all steel. all right. So it's all about, you know, all that heavy iron, um, you know, <laughs> opening up a gun club and supporting our two-way rights and... Just making it more accessible. So we're gonna be doing a bunch of videos of us in the cab and what it yeah. takes to actually move. You know, yeah.
1: I, I love I love when you post your your old military pictures, <laughs> Todd. I'm telling you, I would have I would have walked on the other side of the street if I just saw you back there. <laughs> you so in, you those pictures look so intimidating, and especially the ones when you put the black tar on your face. It's like uh, the camouflage paint, not black face, black tar. <laughs> Yeah, it was grease paint and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah,
4: we we did that. We still do that every once in a while.
1: Yeah, and and to see you get into those big trucks. I remember when I was state rep, you would bring out the big trucks for all the parades for all of us. Oh yeah. So yeah, I still got my. I still have an M nine twenty three five ton. Now I still have it. We we may not be able to get all those things now, right? Because I know there's a push for the police not to get any of those those um, vehicles from the military. I'm sure if they're going to stop the police, they're going to stop. Private citizens like yourself. Well,
4: the auctions of government equipment have gone through a couple of iterations. The last company that had the contract for that lost it. Uh, it's now gone to GovPlanet.com. Uh-huh. They're liquidating the cargo trucks and all that stuff. The prices have gone way up compared to when I first started. Can we get a Jeep? I want a Jeep. <laughs> no, you don't see many Jeeps. They do sell Humvees. Yeah, I know that. I don't but, want a Humvee. But, yeah, no, you can find a Jeep on some of the military collectors' one. I mean I just saw an ad for a couple of tanks that were up for sale. What? Oh yeah. I I wanna come home someday and say, Honey, I parked my new gun in the barn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's gonna yeah. she's gonna go, You what? <laughs> yeah,
1: I parked the new one in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> so Dennis, what's going on, brother? I haven't seen you um what? It's probably Since been a couple of years. At the Bulls
2: game, we saw each other. Oh, that's right.
1: That's right. We did. What was that? About two, three years ago now. About two or three years two or three ago. years ago. You were with your. You had a whole crew of folks out with you. I think okay. I have. What I, I don't know if that was, the was game a game. I brought my party? kids. Yes. No, that, no, my son and his friends. Yes. We were there at the Bulls game. I mean, that's that's. I think that was the last time the uh, civilization was uh, open. <laughs> that's right, and hopefully that'll return very quickly. Yeah. So what, what's what's new with you, Dennis? So. Uh, since I left the General
2: Assembly back in uh, 2015, I've served with you yes. uh, for a couple of years. And uh, I'm now the Addison Township Supervisor. Mm-hmm. I've served in that capacity since 2017. Um, you know, townships are always under fire. They People are. talk about consolidation efforts. And so, one of the things I want to talk about actually is what our township has been doing during the pandemic. John. Yeah. Yeah. And in the last year, actual. 365 days, our township has uh, distributed 1.2 million pounds of food Wait, wait. 1.2 million of food. Yes. Wow. We helped 13,000 families, 43,000 individuals, with about 14,000 of those being children under the age of 18. So that's what townships can do when they're doing things the right way. Yes.
4: Yes. Well, so, but you're not hamstrung by a political process, and your goal is to have a press conference or a press release every day to tout whatever. I mean, no, we you're the closest
2: government to the people, the closest. We absolutely yeah. are. We are the safety net for the average folks in the, in the community. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people that uh, previous to that, people know who the assessor is because mm-hmm. they get their home evaluation from them. Uh, if you're unincorporated, you know the highway mm-hmm. commissioner. And I said, usually most folks don't have a chance to come to my office because usually when you're coming to see me, there's some type of financial issues that you're having. And so uh, we really focus on that. We don't worry about press conferences. We don't worry about making sure uh, that we're promoting ourselves. What we're doing is uh, when this pandemic hit, uh, it was amazing. It was very difficult. We we saw people that we knew Mm -hmm. coming in. People were about to lose their homes. Their, their families didn't have food. Their, they didn't know where the next paycheck was coming from. And we all know about the debacle with IDES yes. and people not being able that to can... get unemployment. So people returned to the townships like they never have before. And you know, I'm very fortunate. I have a great staff. I have a great board. Uh, we all rose to the occasion, John. We yeah. were feeding 75 families a week. Wow. And we went to 600 families per week. That's the real numbers that we
1: saw on the ground. that is a lot of people
2: that's absolutely a lot of
1: people. I mean I mean, Addison Township is not the biggest township there is and and to have that much strain on the township at a time when everything the, whole, the full the state government, the county government, federal government were all being pressed because I mean COVID really destroyed. Uh, a lot of cities in America, and especially townships, how, how were you guys able, did you have the foresight? Were you planning for this, for something like this? Well,
2: you know, we, when I came on board, the goal was to uh, really work on our food pantry. We went to something called Client Choice. We work with Northern Illinois Food Bank. It allows our clients to go out and shop, just like you're going to Jewel. Uh, they pick the foods they want. They pick them for dietary reasons, for religious purposes, whatever's best for them, uh, and we spent... Six months building out a 5,000-square-foot food pantry. Wow. That happened in 2017 and 2018, and then we transitioned in the pandemic to really a distribution hub. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd appreciate it, John or Todd, that uh, I was driving a forklift, (laughs) driving a box truck.
4: (laughs) Do you have your OSHA cert for that? Oh. I
2: well, uh, Todd.
4: Um, so it takes. It oh, takes, so now you're telling me that being a township supervisor is like having a roofer's card. You just get to do everything. Well, when <laughs> when duty calls, Todd, you
2: have to step you up. Step up, and you take care of it. And that's what happened in Addison Township. That's wow. what happened in other neighboring townships. We are a township of eighty nine thousand people. Wow. We had a disproportionately impacted community. Yeah. Uh, large Latino population, and uh, we we had a lot of uh, single or, or multiple multiple family homes. Yeah, And so you saw COVID hit uh, Addison really hard. You saw it hit Bensonville very hard, and we worked directly with those communities to make sure that our uh, mutual constituents had the resources
1: that and, they and needed to get through the And these, 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 these cities that you're saying and these townships you're saying, these not poor townships. These are people... Who I mean, they're not wealthy, but these know, are, they're not hurting.
2: These are medical, middle America communities. They're everyday communities yeah. with hardworking people. And all of a sudden you see this huge surge. Mm. And, you know, it's the, the job to be prepared for it, step up, get it done. Uh, we didn't want to turn anybody away, John, and I yeah. think we worked very hard to get that to get that. How did done. you
1: guys, did you have volunteers? To, can people volunteer to come help you? They can. Uh, we are at
2: AddisonTownship.com. We have a Facebook page. Uh, for our Addison Township Food Pantry and Foundation, we take uh, financial contributions. But we had uh, faith-based groups coming out. Mm, we there had it staff is. coming out. We had the entire community sent uh, Addison, the village of Addison, sent employees to help us out. So we had all kinds of folks uh, stepping up to help out their fellow now, I'm going to make
1: a joke. So I guess you did learn something from the Black Caucus. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Community, bringing people together. It's all about helping people, John. That's right. But I got a township coming on. Um, Later on in the show, uh, Joliet Township, uh, I would love for you to give them like some, some, some pointers of what township government is. And I've come to learn just how important it really is to reaching the everyday person, no matter, you know, your economic status or whatever. So they'll be joining the show later. Hey, you tune in to Black and White right on AM five sixty The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the prosecutor himself, Dennis Reveletti, and Todd Big Guns Vandemite. We'll be right back.
0: And now more Black and White right with John Anthony on AM five sixty The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and the Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my two good friends, the prosecutor himself, Dennis Reveletti also Addison Township Supervisor, and Todd Bick Guns Vandermey. Thank you guys both for coming in. It's a pleasure being here with you. Me, know, Jim. I think, yeah, you know, always like being here. Oh, I, I love you guys when you Now, Dennis, now that you you've come, you gotta come back again. I will be back. You know, but I, I wanna I uh, I wanna stay on this topic about township because I'm helping a township in where I live, Seward Township. Uh, it's my, it's actually my township. And I've learned so much more about just the functionality and the importance of township government um, than I ever thought I knew. Uh, you, during the break, we were talking about uh, how you guys help with LIHEAP. And, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you do. I mean, what what are some of the other aspects of township, and why is it such an important function of government?
2: So statutorily, we, my office, the
1: town supervisor,
2: uh, deals with general assistance and so well that's specifically for individuals we also do what we call emergency assistance
1: yeah
2: uh, and we help people financially with utilities water disconnections rent assistance mortgage assistance uh, we help with clothing with food with whatever services they need to keep them afloat uh, until they can get back on their feet and so Those are some of the things that are unknown. And so, uh, as we were talking about in the break, John, uh, we work with DuPage County quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, we were helping them with the homelessness program as soon as the pandemic hit. Wow. Because we have our staff ready to go. If you're trying to send a resident from Bensonville all the way out to County Farm Road and Wheaton, that's hard to get to. Yeah. And so we, at the township over in Addison... Uh, we help clients with LIHEAP. We also help senior citizens with a program called SHIP, which is a senior health insurance program. Okay. Our social, our, our caseworkers help our local seniors determine what Medicare program they should be in. They help them with their pharmaceutical program. And so my folks go over with them to make sure that they're getting the stuff that they need. We offer that in-house, yeah. which makes a huge difference for the community, John.
1: Yeah. I, I know one of the things, I I I, I was one of those people, so let's get rid of township government. I mean, we have 7,000 taxing bodies in, this, in the state of Illinois. So townships was the easiest one to pick on. But I'm seeing they're much more efficient and, than even county government. At well, times. if this pandemic has
4: showed us anything, even though we don't call it the DMV, it's the Secretary of State's <laughs> office, has been closed down. You know what? I mean... If this doesn't show us that we can reduce the number of state employees yep. in various factions, no, why not? I mean, we've had the Secretary of State's office was not operational for the better part of a year in terms of renewing a driver's license, yeah. get, you know, all that stuff. You mean to tell me that we cannot thin that down or find more efficiencies there? That there are places within state government. I mean, my wife was a victim of that unemployment fraud stuff and it took us four plus weeks to get a phone call back what? from them from the time we reported the fraud and, and everything and just it, there are inefficiencies there yeah i don't think township government is the place to go if you want to cut government i think there is plenty of stuff mm-hmm. within the you know the, the current state government yeah i mean you got to maintain staffing levels at corrections you got to you know you got to do something. Look at the FOID card issue. Oh, good lord! You know, I've got a friend who's been waiting over a year. Yeah, I, a couple December friends. of nineteen. Yeah, to get her FOID card renewed, and she filed on time. And that's just one.
1: I get those calls and emails and messages every week. But you gave this warning back even when we, we were both still in the General Assembly about what what will happen if if we don't fix the system. You gave this warning way back yeah. then, Todd, and, and it was as if nobody the
4: what well, you know, you, now you've Death got ears.
1: yeah. Now you've got Rom Villa,
4: Senator Villa Vam, or whatever. I, I can't pronounce his name. Rom, you know. Rahm. Yeah, Rahm. And he uh, he's got this new fix the FOID bill, and he and uh, you know uh, Durbin the Turbin, uh sat out there and did a press conference yesterday. And the point is that wait a minute, you now want to cut the Foyd card from ten years to five years, which was a request of the state police to go to ten years because it cut the workload in half. Exactly. Now you want to double. The fee from ten to twenty, and you want to cut it to five years. So really, that twenty is forty dollars. Oh and you want to mandate that every person who wants to own a gun has to supply fingerprints. So tell me this: if it is too much of an imposition to require a photo ID to vote, then how is it not an imposition? Oh boy, to require fingerprints. And here's the other thing: the other thing the bill does it mandates that every firearms transaction, every Transfer, sale, whatever. Go through. Account. No, goes through an FFL. Yeah. All right. There is not a single FFL in the city of Chicago. Right. There are no commercial gun shops in the city of Chicago. So if you thought it's inconvenient to go get a ID in order to vote in in this state or another state, how inconvenient is going to be to make a legal transaction of a firearm between two private parties to be able to sit there and have to drive to Bensonville right. to displays to lions to somewhere else outside the city of Chicago to do so, or you're facing a, a criminal prosecution. You got something for that? Well, <laughs>
2: former <laughs>
1: legislator.
4: Well, <laughs> you know, it's
2: Todd and I worked uh, with a lot of other uh, members to to actually pass concealed carry. Yeah, and we knew that these things were going to be coming. Uh, we worked with all the different folks to get it done. We had a governor at the time. Governor Quinn didn't want to know part of it. Yeah, He walked away from it. We had to have a federal court come and tell us that Illinois needs to have concealed carry. But you could already see the handwriting on the wall, Todd, as to the challenges that were going to be coming in, uh, how you everybody would start tweaking the FOID. Everybody believes that the FOID is this magical piece of paper that is that will stop everything, well, it's out there. It's been there since as long as I've been on the earth, Todd. Yeah. 52 19, and we're the only right. state that has something.
4: No, we're through, one of four. One of four. We're one of four.
1: Okay.
4: Maryland,
1: Jersey, and it's either Massachusetts or Connecticut. But we were the first. Uh, I'm not sure. So about wh- that why that can't, d- help me understand this. Why can't we get rid of the FOID and allow the concealed carry card to become the be-all, end-all of mm-hmm. everything? Or, honestly, I want it all gone. If it was up to me, I'd have it all gone. But I, but, I
2: think the FOID has become a crutch. It's just there so people understand it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so the, then it, the Ford card is only as good as the information that goes in those databases. That's true. And not everybody's entering everything in the databases, and we know that. Yeah. And so we've, we've dealt with the issue of even when Ford cards are revoked, remember that, Todd? Yep. Uh, of getting those off the street. Um, it, it's, it, we, we had to fight how much it costs to get a Ford card. Right. Uh, because they want it to be 50, 100, 250, Jeez. 500. Well, Blagojevich proposed a
4: $500 Foyd card back what? in the day when he was a state legislature. Yeah. So I'll Bill 183 from 1993. How
2: do you remember that. Good guy. Well,
4: this guy has a photographic
2: <laughs> memory, that's for sure.
1: If My wife him, will
2: object to that.
1: <laughs> selective, selective. Right. So he,
2: he knows the, the, the gun stuff backwards and forwards. He's a walking encyclopedia on that. Yeah. Uh, he is somebody you could trust on the information, but there's always a push to try to limit Second Amendment rights, and there's always little ways to do it. But like you were saying, John, it's about money. Yeah. And we, if you want to do it to administer the program, just to keep it in-house, that's fine. But when you start making it $500,000, you're trying to keep people away
4: from their constitutional well, rights. Well, John, t- tell me that. I-, I want to ask the senator, how is it not racist? Oh. How is it not prejudicial yep. to you know a low-income families, one, to have to go submit fingerprints in order to exercise a basic right, and that they would have to travel outside the city of Chicago in order to yes. legally transfer a firearm. Yes. I'm going to ask that in committee and say, explain, if it is racist and if it is voter suppression to require a photo ID, then how is it not the same thing when you're trying to have a to exercise your right to own a gun. When is that committee when is the committee hearing? They're on break now. So uh, you, you know you know I want to tune into that. Yeah, you know, Mark it was Mark Twain I think that said no man's life, liberty, or property is safe so long as the legislature's in session and <laughs> you know, as long as those hundred and seventy seven kindergartners are not yeah. there playing with matches and gasoline. Well I would also <laughs> say, John, if you look at, since we passed concealed carry, It hasn't turned into the Wild West, as we
2: were all told. No.
4: Oh, it's still the Wild West over in Austin and then down in Inglewood. But you know what? It's not people with carry licenses doing all the shooting. It's not. That's always been the problem. And as a prosecutor,
2: we've seen uh, the criminals are never going to get a FOID card. They're not going to follow the rules and regulations. So there we are.
1: Speaking of legislators, coming up next, we're going to be talking to Representative Chris Miller uh, from Oakland. Um, it should be a good time. He, he's. I think he's upset. He's been censured. He's been told that he's a racist. Uh, I've got to know him. He's a great guy. Hey, you listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty? The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. In with the prosecutor and Big Guns himself. We'll be right back.
0: This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Get up. Get up. Um, I
4: have, uh, you know, had my own interactions with the representative. Um, I think he is um, somebody who uh, carries those views with him everywhere he goes. Uh, and I'm sorry to say that uh, I think a resolution that passed, even though it was the right thing to do, my guess is he will
2: not have a positive response to it and and mend his ways.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. That voice you heard was the governor of the state of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, um, speaking to the censure vote that was taken on upon um, State Representative uh, Chris Miller. Uh, Chris Miller, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, John, thanks for having me on today. It's great to be here. I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I got my good friends, former state representative Dennis uh, Rebelletti and Todd Vandermeier. I'm sure you know Todd Vandermeier with all of the gun Second Amendment issues.
5: You there? I, yeah, I, actually, I, I don't. you got to understand, I'm, I'm farm fresh, I've been on the farm for the last 40 <laughs> years, and I haven't really started paying attention to what's going on in the political war in the, the last couple of years.
1: <laughs> I hear you there. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I played that that audio from Pritzker's press conference about you being censored. I actually read the censure, and I'm going to tell you one thing the the southern uh, what is it Dennis the Southern Illinois Poverty Center right if if they came out against you that wear that as a badge of honor because they get it wrong ninety percent of the time on who are who are racist and supremacists and all that type those type of things um, I I think for them to come after you while your wife is a congresswoman at Congress and you and ne- never doing any due process investigation to determine if you were even there how hypocritical is that representative
5: well, I think it's extremely hypocritical. one thing that you have to understand when you're dealing with the cancel culture, you're dealing with a group of people that base all of their their uh, rhetoric on lies. You know, because when you tell the truth, you have one option. When you tell lies, you have an an unlimited. Uh, a basket of things that you can say. but when you think about this issue, they lied about my purpose of going to D.C. They lied about my license plate. They lied about my Facebook Live. They lied about the decal. They lied about the post. They lied about leading the insurrection or whatever you call it that happened at the Capitol. And they didn't really think that through very well because I'm going to lead an attack on the Capitol and my wife is inside the building now. Let's think that through a little bit, guys. That's, yeah, that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. absurd. And, yeah. and,
1: and when it comes to – I actually, Todd Vandermy and I were talking about the three percenters. Uh, we know – I know personally a ton of three percenters, and yep. the way they described it – Todd, would you – I mean, explain what the three percenters are, and, and it's not hmm. what the General Assembly called them.
5: Well, the concept – Well, was... I mean, everything that they accused them of was, is exactly – the opposite of that, because they are not anti-government. They're not. I mean, all of the anti's that they're accused of is a hundred percent just a lie. Yeah. And uh, you know, but but take but like I say, that they just made it up because those people don't represent that at all.
4: I agree, Todd. Yeah, the three percent. You know, there's a lot of lore and you know myths about what happened, and they took their name from the idea that there were only 3% of the colonists that stood up to the British government back at the time of the revolutionary war. And, you know, just like there are myths about Paul Revere's ride and whatever um, it was more than 3%, but that's where they took their name from. And therefore, you know, most of the people that I know within the 3% movement are for a constitutional form of government. They're very strong on the right to keep and bear arms. They're very strong on freedom of speech and the entire bill of rights whether it be the First Amendment and freedom of speech or uh, warrantless search and seizure and and all that kind of stuff. And it's just that when, you know, the Southern Poverty Law... One of the founders was Mike Vandervo, who died a couple years ago down in Alabama. He used to be a a hardened communist
1: back in the 60s and
4: 70s. Look at that. And he did a complete 180. And the fact that he even still rates a mention by Southern Poverty Law Center that he is living rent-free in their head even after he's dead and gone. And he mm. was he, he was the kind of guy, and they tried accusing him of everything under the sun, and all he wanted was a constitutional form of government. And that's what most of those people, so what are they going to do? Are they now going to call you an insurrectionist because you start quoting Patrick Henry or you start quoting Thomas Jefferson or you start quoting James Madison about some of their radical ideas about how government should behave? Is that now get you branded as an insurrectionist, a seditionist, mm. or something else?
5: When you just mentioned uh, three percenters, I thought you were talking about the governor's approval rating in <laughs> Southern Illinois.
1: Oh, that was a good one. Cause it, I, I, is it that high?
5: Hey, you left that one wide open, baby. <laughs> Wait, is it that high? <laughs> well, that's on a good day. That's when the sunshine and everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: hey, representative, I want I want to hold you over for the break, and I want to talk to you about what some of the bills that you introduced, and also get get get, get your response on a couple of bills that have been introduced uh, by other members as well, uh, just to get your your perspective on it. Um okay. you, So hold the line. You tune in to Black and White on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my good friends Dennis Rebelletti, former state representative, current Addison Township Supervisor, and Todd Big Guns Van Go check out his channel, Freedom Steel, on YouTube. We'll be right
0: back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Dennis Rebelletti, who's currently serving as the Addison Township Supervisor, and Todd Vandermeide. Uh, go check out his YouTube channel, Freedom Still. You want to learn anything about the Second Amendment, there's your place. Uh, before the break, we were talking to State Representative Chris um, Miller. Uh, I believe, Chris, I, b- I believe you're from the 110th um, rep- Legislative District. Um, yes, that's correct. You took over for um, Reggie Phillips, right? Say it again. You took over for it, Reggie Phillips, correct? Reggie was yes, the, that's correct. Okay. So I, I I gotta I gotta get your your your, your comments on I saw that um, state representative Tarver introduced a qualified immunity bill. Uh, what's going on with all these anti pushback against cop bills that's going down down in Springfield?
5: Well, the, the thing that we that we need to understand is that, you know, Illinois is the worst in the nation on every quality of life ranking, and the Democrats have been in charge for at least the last 30 years that have brought us to this place. And, you know, one of the things that they do is they keep pushing meaningless resolutions to try to keep your eyes off of, what they are really doing, and and I know that you know as far as I'm concerned, and the Republican Party, we're going to continue to advocate for suffering families here in in Illinois, yeah. and we're going to try to put forth a a, a a pathway to a brighter future for all the citizens of Illinois.
1: Yeah. Now, how, how what you, what what is the path? What do you believe is the path to making that happen? Because I mean right where you are down south i mean that's that's a plan but you come up towards the college. i was just talking with uh, former state representative dennis rebelletti about uh when he was serving dupage town dupage county had 11 city republican state representatives they've lost that there i believe there are now 3 senators that are there and two senators that are republican three i think we only have one
2: one republican senator oh. and we have three house republican members so there's a huge shift so Representative Miller, do you see what do you see for redistricting? Uh, I know that that's a yeah. big topic. so what do you what are you hearing? what are you seeing?
5: Well, I think that I think that a lot of um, I think that there's a lot of political naivety and and people have to be educated to understand what the the principal philosophies are that drive the two parties. And I know, you know, when you think about the what I've observed since I've been in the General Assembly and throughout my lifetime, is the Democrats really don't have any solutions except to tax more, borrow more, spend more, regulate more, and and bring down the moral dec- moral fiber of our country, where when you think about the red model, you have to think about individual liberties, limited government, rule of law, Fiscal responsibility, fair markets, human dignity, and peace through strength. But I think that um, I think what binds all those things together are are three things that we can look at. That every Illinoisan, it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, every Illinoisan wants to put their head down on their pillow at night. Yeah and know that they're going to be safe. And that's the reason why our party is the party that's going to back the blue. Yeah. You know, the second thing that people want is they want access to quality education, and that's why the money has to follow the students. Love it. Because we all know that monopolies make you weak and competition makes you strong. And if there was fair competition in education today, I guarantee you every student would be back in the classroom if they had to compete for those dollars and the third caveat is that everybody wants to have economic opportunity. Yes. And right now, uh, the, the, our business climate is, host, is hostile. We have the highest income tax, some of the highest real estate tax, some of the highest workman's compensation, some of the highest corporate tax, and we need to change the way we think and do business where we have this idea that we're going to compete to be number one. Yeah.
1: If you're just joining us, we're talking with uh, State Representative Chris Miller from the 110th dis- Legislative District. W- w- what's going to go? On? So I-, I know we were just sent. I believe it was $8 billion from the federal government. What are your thoughts on, are, are we going to just create more spending or are we, are we actually going to pay some bills off with that money?
5: Well, if we look at history, I know that we got uh, we got one point five billion extra dollars from the Donald Trump tax cuts that we had here a couple of years ago. Yeah. and actually, at that time, all the committees had been closed, all the appropriations had been made. They opened up all those committees and they spent every dime of it and did do anything to retire debt or fund the pensions. And so, based on based on past uh-huh. performance. It would be a real shock if they actually were fiscally responsible with this with this influx of money. Yeah,
1: representative, where can people find you? You have a website, Facebook page, where people can keep up with what you're doing down in uh, Oakland.
5: Yeah, uh, my Facebook is Chris Miller for State Rep. That would be my that would be my political page, and we also have a state side page that you can type in Chris Miller. State representative and and those things will come up too. We have a we have a a a website and and it's all pretty simple. (laughs) You type Chris Miller, state rep, it's going to come up.
1: Yeah, so you
5: just have to Google those things. But I, you know, uh, please feel free to contact me anytime. Yes,
1: and and please let Congresswoman know that Mark Anthony said hi, and uh, (laughs) we'll be down there probably this summer. (laughs) <laughs> I will do it. I'll do it, buddy. All right. Thanks for joining us. State Representative Chris Miller from the 110th Legislative District. Wow. See, when, when you actually get these guys on air, they actually do know what they're talking about. And you, you got these, I, I call them the, the, the uh, I don't even want to say it that way, but you have these other websites who ridicule these guys. But if you ever have a sit-down conversation with them, you'll really see that these guys are really smart because most of them are farmers. You're listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back.
0: Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I'm live in studio. We're having a good time. It's good to catch up with my good friend, Representative Dennis Rebelletti. Currently the Addison Township. Supervised man, I mean I'm I'm still floor I'm still stuck at what we talked about at the beginning of the show. One point two million pounds of food distributed through Addison Township. And that equals eight hundred and fifty thousand
2: plus meals. Wow. So huge numbers, John. There's still a lot of problems out there. Yeah. The pandemic is still wreaking havoc on people, but Addison Township and other like minded
1: townships are the ones stepping up to to fill that void. Wow. I mean and imagine how many other townships are doing. I know my good friend Alicia Benford over at DuPage Township. I mean, they've been doing a lot of stuff over there as well. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Mike from Yorkville.
5: Hey, welcome back to Black and Right, buddy. Hey, John. I was wondering if you and your guests could talk about possibly, um, sometimes I never heard the argument possibly of how they've handled the Floyd card and charging people as a de facto, de facto poll tax. I don't even know if that's even a relevant point because we don't have to pay money at, at, or any other real right we have to go ahead and exercise it. And cool. then another part, I was curious, I remember there was a court case that involved somewhere down in Clay County, one of those obscure counties where a lower court judge stated that the Floyd card was unconstitutional yeah. in which it went to the Illinois Supreme Court in which they kind of kicked it back to him, but they never made a ruling whether it was unconstitutional or constitutional. You know that I'm going to get to answer that question. After. You Correct. know I'm so, going to get to answer that.
4: So that case was the Shawna Johnson case, and what happened was the lower court found that, you know, what they were doing was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court in Illinois found mm-hmm. that they uh, that Shawna was entitled to have her rights restored, went through a very lengthy deliberative process about it, and basically throughout the federal two-part test that they had been using, and they created their own test, which is much more lenient. Uh, but since they reached that decision, the court said they didn't need to reach the constitutional question uh, that the lower court had decided because one of the canons of judicial review is that, you know, you take it on, you know, the lowest form that you can, and if you don't have to reach a constitutional question, you don't go there. So I, the issue of a poll, of it being a poll tax for the Floyd card has been raised, uh, there are uh, several lawsuits working their way through the process right now. Unfortunately, the courts don't seem to view uh, the, the lower courts in Illinois don't seem to view the ability to have a firearm in the same way as they view other things. I think the poll techs, and, and that's why I equate everything on what they're trying to do on the FOIA card with voting. I think you have to make those Smart. parallels, and that's it. If it's racist in order to have them show an ID over here that how is it not racist to require fingerprints to exercise the same kind of fundamental right and they're gonna but guns are different no they're not rights are rights
2: when we passed the Thank you, concealed Mike. carry we made that cost as minimum as possible just to help the illinois state police get the program off the ground and administer the
4: program
1: wait they were still using cobalt operating yeah. system though right yeah they were <laughs> the,
4: the state police when we passed concealed carry in the state of illinois the um the lead system for cops and a bunch of the other uh software they were working on was written in COBOL. wow Uh, i mean that's the language when we were in high school that they you know and they only modernized part of it is because of the concealed carry but fingerprints are optional yeah one of the things we fought for is you could not make it mandatory for them to do that in the exercise of a right
1: wow so you know The first hour is is over. So when we come back, I really want to talk about, I want to get your opinions about this Georgia voting, uh, what Governor Kemp just signed. Uh, I I laid laid out nine different things that I don't see how it's racism, how it's oppression. Uh, Maybe because, you know, Joe Biden said I ain't black. You know, I don't know. Um, But I really want to talk about that. I also want to talk about, is the Second Amendment under attack? They said they're not coming after our guns. Well, Joe Biden just said he's going to do an executive order. Uh, Hey, um, John from the northwest side, hold the line because I want to take your question because it's it's pertinent to what we're going to be talking about in the second hour. You're listening to Black and Right on the M560 Answer. We'll be right back.
0: Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Hour Two of Black and Right Radio on AM 560 The Answer. If you missed that first hour, this is what I want you to do. Go to 560TheAnswer.com, 560theAnswer.com, click on the podcast, download the podcast. Guess what else? There are no commercials. And you get to hear me anytime you want while you're exercising in the car or whatever. Just go ahead and download the podcast, 560theanswer.com. Click on the podcast, download Black and Right, and um, you'll hear me anytime you want. And follow me over at, um, on Facebook, uh, Black and Right Radio. I'm at um, Twitter, Black and Right Radio. Uh, I, I'm on TikTok now, Black and Right Radio, at Black and Right Radio. Follow me on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I'm, on, I'm everywhere now on Instagram. Facebook is, um, I'm joined in the studio by Dennis Rebeletti, Township Supervisor of Addison, Addison Township Supervisor, and Todd Vandermite. Um, check him out on Freedom Still on YouTube. Uh, Facebook is suppressing me.
4: Yeah, I'm, a, suppressing. I'm in Facebook jail, too, so I'm a repeat offender. <laughs> they, uh, I, I, so there's a guy, uh, uh Matt Little, who runs Greybeard. Okay. Uh, training, Greybeard Actual. Um, phenomenal former CPD SWAT guy, uh, former Special Forces, Green Beret, um, Matt, and I know some people. And uh, I went up there to post as a joke because he's a representative for Staccato Firearms. Oh, boy. And they make a really nice uh, 1911-style gun. And with all the run-on ammo and supplies and everything, Uh small pistol primers have been like a premium. I've seen them go for as much as $400 for a brick of a (laughs) 1,000. And I sat there, and I put a message, Will Trade, three bricks, small pistol primers for a 2011 staccato <laughs> as a joke. Oh, boy. And they sat there in the censors, and they went bananas, and I'm on a 30-day Facebook jail.
1: <laughs> well, you're so, not on Facebook, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm right? not. I, I'm not a Facebook And you rarely post
2: on Twitter anymore. What's up with that? You know, uh, I have uh, my Twitter presence, but I did tweet that I'm on the show here oh, with you. What? Um, but i I tweet. About, uh, like, when I was on in Lexington, Kentucky, visiting oh, yeah. my son We're at, the, at the game, uh, which they had a very off season this year for Kentucky <laughs> Meaning a losing season? That's right. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think in being 52 years old, uh, it's harder for us to transition into social media. Uh, you know, grew up with, we didn't have all that no. stuff. You know, we no. go to college. And you didn't have answering machines and party and all and that, that type, stuff, so, so it's it, it, it's a transition. For you you had, had a pager. So. <laughs> yeah, <You had laughs> a <right>. pager. <laughs> I when mean. I was a prosecutor, I had the pager, so uh, I, I remember those days. Three
1: one one nine one one. When That's you need, right. I need the information, or I need it's an emergency. Get over here. Uh, yeah, but, but they, you know, I, I when I when I think about what's happening to the world, when I think about what's happening to the United States of America, when I think about what's happening to Illinois, um, you notice. Uh, what's his name? Governor Kemp signed into law a election integrity bill. Right now, I don't. I looked. I looked, I read the bill. You know. I I you know Dennis. I should, I should tell you. I I love reading the bills because you love to see what's in there and what's. What, normally, people will say what's in the bill. It's like I know you didn't read it because that's not in there. Oh, I know you didn't read it because uh, there's something different than that. So help me understand this, okay, Todd Dennis. Help me understand this, okay, because. I'm trying to get through because I've never been oppressed. I've never been. I've never had my vote suppressed. I've never been told that I, I I can't. I have to stand in line. I, I, you can't vote. I've, that's never happened to me, ever. And I have lived in a lot of pretty w- large white districts. Never happened to me. And I, and as a Republican too. So here's what Here's, just, here's just, it's just I nine things I pulled out of the bill. And my buddy the Bishop Cecil Lafleur helped with this. They want an ID required for absentee ballots, right? No mailing of unsolicited absentee ballot applications. No passing out food or drink to people in line. Limited number of unmanned drop boxes. State officials control election boards. Reduce the early voting periods. Disqualifies provisional ballots cast in the wrong precinct. Precinct. Remove secretary of state as the chair of election board overhaul's election runoff process. Please help me understand where in any of that there's voter suppression or we're going to return back to Jim Crow laws. Can somebody help me? Well, I can tell you here in
2: Illinois, uh, voting rights have been protected a number of times. It's protected by the U.S. Constitution, the Illinois Constitution, legislatively. Uh, At Addison Township last November, John, we had 14,000 people come in person. We were the third busiest site. Uh, we had a drop box there. At uh, the very end, we had people lined around our building. Everybody got to vote. There were no issues there. Uh, so anytime anybody passes any type of integrity regarding uh, making sure that it's one person, one vote, and that their vote matters, their vote counts, then there's always the opportunity to say, well, no, you're trying to keep somebody's vote out. Yeah. I, here we are. Uh, we are looking at, Addison Township is now a permanent temporary site, which is, I don't understand what that even means. Permanent, but wait, permanent temporary? Permanent temporary early voting site. Permanent and temporary. what that now okay. allows me to do is we are open for the 14 days prior to the election. So yeah. from Monday all the way two weeks prior to the Monday before you can vote. So now you're voting for two weeks prior to the actual election day. You still have 12 hours to go vote on election day. You're Can request vote by mail by postcard. You can go to the DuPage County's website to get it, and and so there's every opportunity for everybody to get out and vote. And as we were talking about uh, during the break, I watch people walk into our township uh, event center, and a lot of them already have their ID out because that's how you you think you're going to show somebody how that's I this is who I am correct, and I'm here to uh, take care. I want to vote, and I'm you know Joe Smith. So, uh, but. These, this legislation is always put forth. I, I think you want to make sure that, uh, as we talked about also off the air, is if what you can do to entice somebody to vote, yeah. uh, what's legal and what's not. I mean, so when people are in line, what can you do to them? You can hand out uh, you know, campaign pamphlets. We see people out handing out walk cards and stuff. Uh, but what else can you give them? Right. Are you incentivizing somebody, or are you just giving them like even 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 a cup of water? Right. Right. And that's where I guess you would get into that nitty gritty of what's happening down in Georgia.
1: Yeah. And and, and I, I look at it. It's called what? Election day, not election week, not election month, but election day. Now I get it. There are a lot of people who maybe who may face some difficulties, can't get out to go vote. People that might be leaving the country can't can't get there on election day to vote. I'm okay with. I'm honestly, I'm okay with that. But all this same day registration voting, and all I'm, come on. You, you, if you want to get out there and vote, you're going to vote. You're go, you're not going to need all this this this, this 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 these shenanigans because this is what leads people to believe that elections are stolen. And I mean, Todd Dennis, am, am I right about that?
2: Yeah, I I think that when people are afraid that the mail is not going to get their ballot to the county. There's is an issue we have people that would not we have a we have a a mailbox right on the township property they didn't trust that their mail that they that their ballot would get there so i, I think that at least in Illinois I think that people have ample opportunity to to vote i I think that uh, some of the concerns are look it's always valid you want it, it should people have an idea to vote i think i don't think that's some type of of keeping people away from from the ballot box i think that's you're just making sure that
4: somebody else isn't taking somebody else's constitutional right you got to check something no i i think the idea that presenting a id in order to obtain a ballot so that it's not somebody coming in and using your name because they're going to go vote harvesting or anything like but the post office so i had to send some paperwork to the federal government it sat we sent it You know, priority mail. It sat in a post office in Virginia for over two weeks. And this is supposed to be priority mail before it got, you know, I understand, you know, the Kung Fu flu has got everything all kind of jazzed up with the way services are actually working. But again, it's I don't see, you know, and in Georgia, they require an ID to vote in person. So asking for an ID to vote When you're getting absentee ballot, I don't see is nothing more than extension of the current process. But again, you know, if we can't do that in Illinois because the Democrats have said, oh, it's 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 too difficult to have an ID to vote in Illinois. But you tell me I now have to go get fingerprints if you pass your law. Yeah. About being able to uh, you know exercise my right to own a gun, yeah I, I call bull honest i, I that's and you know, in illinois you can you can
2: actually have your ballot postmarked on election day
1: see I mean you, you, you get what I'm
2: saying right and and in Florida you have to have that's why when those results come out in the presidential they have a certain day that they have to get they that you can mail the ballot in by
1: and those should be
4: default the, oh, the mil- county uh, being former military with the military ballots the only thing I don't he, it cannot be that difficult to have those guys put their ballots in a in a mail sack, you know, because we had mail call every day, and then turn around, and the Air Force has all these transport planes, and it's 15 <laughs> hours from that continent over to here. Yeah. It ain't that hard if they put the system. In. That's true. And if they can do it.
1: Yeah, I'm a big chain of custody guy. I don't see a chain of custody in any of this election process. Uh, I want to talk about Second Amendment issues uh, coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. You listen to The Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. Uh, I'm John Anthony. We'll be right back. I was going to try to go on.
0: We now return to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM Five Sixty. The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with my good friend. I got to go back to your nickname, the Prosecutor.
2: It's been <laughs> a little while since I've done that, John. Yeah,
1: Dennis Rebelletti and Todd my host of Freedom Steel on YouTube. Get over there, like Todd's page, Freedom Steel on YouTube. Uh, Doing a break I, before we get to talking about guns. I saw I saw this um, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, press conference. Uh, Should Trump not run, I think he's going to be one of the at the top of the list, along with um, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis Uh, and Marco Rubio, I believe, is going to run again, too. Uh, But this is how I believe you want to fight back against these people who want to cancel you in the culture. Um, One of the things I said, I went to speak at Clay County and one of my first opening line was white people. I give you permission to be white again (laughs) because you guys are the only race well, you're Italian and you're, you're mutt though, Dennis. I said that on live. On live, <laughs> You you are not allowed to be who you are, but black, Latinas and all that they can be and become whoever they were they are. But I believe this is how we I think Cruz Cruz shows us how to push back against this. Listen to this audio
0: clip.
5: Yeah. Would you <clears throat> put a mask on for
0: uh, yeah, when I'm talking to the TV camera, I'm not going to wear a mask. And all of us have been immunized. So uh, you're welcome to step away if you like. The whole, the whole point of a vaccine, CDC guidance is what we're following.
1: Where's he wrong? He, basically, the reporter said, are you going to put a mask on? No, But why? It'll make us feel better. Yeah. You
4: know, and there's that meme about, you know, your feelings. Yeah. And it's like. It, there is no, there is no constitutional right to feel safe. It is, there is no constitutional right, or, or the, there's the, your feelings. You know what? I try not to hurt the feelings of somebody when you're just eh, you're wrong. But you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I try not to hurt the feelings of my kid when you know, whatever. But no, on this other stuff, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, the only time, but Justice Easterbrook. Did right feelings matter oh, in boy. the Friedman versus Highland Park gun case? And I, I want you know, and I'm like, there's a reason you never made it to the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's stupid stuff like that. You and Posner are the two of the biggest embarrassments on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals that there is. Thank God they chose Amy <laughs> Comey Barrett, yes. out of the second Seventh Circuit to go up to SCOTUS, yeah. and not those two, you know. I I think a Neanderthal he actually is more intellectually <laughs> all right,
1: all right, honest Biden. than those two. All right, Joe Biden. He called us. No. He called us all Neanderthals.
2: Yeah, well, he he does. You, you know. got something again for that? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you. As a Republican, especially in the General Assembly, I've been pretty much called every name that there is, John. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you kind of get used to that. But you know, I think people need to do what's right for them. Yeah. If they are yeah. comfortable, they they need to wear a mask, and that's right for them. They yeah. should do that. If they want to get the shot, then they should work on getting the shot, but I think we just need all the real information for us to make yeah. the best decisions for ourselves and, and for our families. But And no, I don't know but we just,
4: You know, it's just, it's just like the gun argument. You sit there, it's like, hey, I don't know a single gun owner that is trying to shove a gun right. in somebody else's hands right. and say, you need to have this, or right. enforce that. But they're all, well, it will feel better if you ban these scary AR-15s. No!
2: Yeah, I, no! I think the bigger concern too, John, is that the General Assembly has not at all worked on the uh, power of the the executive branch well, in issuing 30-day uh, mandates from yeah. his executive orders.
1: Now, 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 you and I—I have read the statute. I read, I read what's in there with the powers he had. How was he able to usurp and and just run roughshod over? law that's in on the books.
2: I'm just surprised that the General Assembly hasn't asked to participate, and that's their job. They're Whoa. supposed to provide that check on the executive, and, and they haven't well, but, done but, that.
4: But with the super majorities that you have down there, with, with the liberal bloc in control of a majority of both caucuses, yeah. they want they think, government is their answer. Yeah. They think government knows best. But yeah. they
2: could still codify it. Yeah. If that's what they want to do, they still have the numbers exactly. to do it. They should still codify it, so it becomes state law. And then you're running off a statute, not 365 plus days after the emergency started,
1: and oh. continuously moving the yeah. goalposts. That's as cool. well. Hey,
4: hey. And that's why out by me, uh, you know, by I, us. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I live in Kendall County too. Um, I forgot you're out. You're south of me, but yeah, you know, a lot of places just flipped the governor to bird on that November closure yeah. and said, "No, we're not yeah. doing this." Yeah. You know, I, there's a couple of bars I've been going to ever since he initiated that, and it's like, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, you know, we're gonna do our thing, and
1: we were, you know, one of the first counties they reopened. Yeah, so, well. and 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 serve them right. But I agree with what you said, Dennis. I think people should do what's best for them. But the problem is, we live in a society today where what's what's best for me is what's best for you, and what's best for you is best for you. I don't have an opinion, or I can't have that opinion that's in direct or polar opposite of what you believe. That's the council culture. That's the pushback against people of different opinions, different beliefs. Right now, that's such a a stronghold, especially from these progressives. And they're
2: winning the day. The Constitution has survived everything, John. And so I'm always concerned about civil liberties eroding away Uh, as as an attorney, a practicing attorney. uh, When I want to take clients to court, most of it's been on Zoom. I think that when you're dealing with the criminal courts, people need to be in court. Yeah. Uh, especially when their life and liberty is, you know, is in question. So it, uh, it's, things have changed now. Zoom
4: isn't the real world. Right. No, but you know, in Dennis, you know, I have this rhetorical question I ask a lot. You're a former <laughs> legislator. Name me one thing Congress or the legislature has done in four pages that is as encompassing as our Constitution.
1: Ouch! They can't. Ooh, they can't. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I've never seen anybody stomp you, Dennis. <laughs> It happens, John. It does happen from time to time. Getting you know. So what do you want to
4: talk about guns?
1: No. So, Todd, in, in America, and in, in, we already know in the state of Illinois, the guns are under attack. But are, are, our gun, are they coming for our guns? Because I remember us sitting, because you know I was part of the negotiation team on Second Amendment stuff with Eddie Sullivan when you left, sir. Um, are they after our guns? Yeah. They, they told
4: us. The Democrats in the national election, Beto O'Rourke's, Rourke's, you know, Beto O'Dork, Stood up there and said, hell yes, I'm coming for your AR-15. Yeah. And then the woman that got elected out of Colorado said, no, you're not. Lauren Bobert. All right? Bo- 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 so Bobert. Yeah. yeah, they told us what they wanted. Um, the, the problem they have is twofold. One, they have the filibuster. They cannot get the, and I read an article on CNN last night where they're lamenting that even with all the problems the NRA has these days, and I worked for them for over 25 years, is that, You know, they still can't get this, the the Republican Party has adopted most of the mantra of the NRA. No, they adopted good arguments because of all this BS that the left keeps pushing out. You know, both of these guys in the last two shootings passed background checks from federally licensed dealers. Right. They obtained their firearms after filling out a 4473. You know, the funny thing is Joe Biden's kid lied about being addicted and an illegal user of controlled substances. And they're not going to go prosecute that. Yeah, he lied on the forty-four seventy-three. Just as the guy uh, lied about his mental oh, health state, his drug that. usage. Is that what yeah, it is? Absolutely. Yeah, it's illegal. If you, right now, if you have a medical marijuana card under federal law, you are a prohibited person. Even though the state has legalized recreational marijuana, yeah. even though it's medical marijuana, it is a Schedule One drug under the federal code. So, if Congress wants to do something. Take marijuana off to schedule one. I make no argument one way or the other. I simply say, but it is you're a prohibited person under federal law. But here in
1: Illinois, what what does the law say? It doesn't matter. Illinois. Federal law right. says. Right.
4: So you have to go in if you're if you have a medical marijuana card or a recreational user, you go to a gun dealer and fill out the forty four seventy three, you have to lie. Because if you tell the truth and say, uh-huh. I use medical marijuana, you're denied the sale. That's it. Wow. That's what's going on. But yeah, it is. But the problem that they have is twofold. One, they have the filibuster. Mm -hmm. Joe Manchin and. Tester. And no, Selena out of Arizona have said they're not for gutting the filibuster. Okay? So that means they got to have 60 votes. They don't have 60 votes. In general, on most anything.
1: But if they pass the filibuster, they, I mean, they, they...
4: No, they still have a problem then because Manchin has said he's not for the House bills. Okay. The House bills do what I talked about, what the Illinois bill is trying to do, to criminalize the private transaction of any firearm. And Joe Manchin said, I'm not for that. You know, he had his Manchin to me, which was much less of whatever. Yeah. But then Manchin also has said that Dianne Feinstein's or whoever's semi-auto stuff sits there and would would just tube any efforts he's trying to do on Manchin Toomey yeah. on some sort of background check stuff. So the problem there is you don't have him. I don't think they've got Selena, and I don't think they got Tester out of Montana. Yeah. So they don't have 50
1: Democrats. Right. Okay. Well, the only thing that scares me about Manchin, I think he, he wants to run for governor. So He was <laughs> he, governor. But, but apparently, there's a, I, I was listening to an interview on... I think it was Dan Bogino's show where he was being interviewed. and I mean, the, the the current governor was being interviewed saying that Manchin may want to come back to be governor. We'll see, right? Yeah, well, Terry McAuliffe is doing that down in Virginia, yeah. going through that recycle. you listen listening to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. More of the Second Amendment coming right
0: up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM 560. Once again, here's John Anthony.
1: Welcome back to Black and White right on AM Five Sixty. The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the Addison Township Supervisor, former State Representative, Attorney at Law. I mean, what haven't you done, Dennis Rebelletti? John, thanks for having me. It's been it's been fun. The time's flying faster. Yes, here. it's flying. And uh, Todd Vandemeyer, Big Guns, my man. Go check out his his YouTube Freedom Still. Go and and click click on the little subscribe button and the little bell so you get all his updates.
4: So the, that's going to be about us building out the gun club. I'm not going to do any two a rants on. There. Oh come on, man! Nah, this nah, be epic. No, nah, I, I we're talking um uh, we're we're going to be having a conversation with somebody else about me doing some analysis on YouTube on gun stuff and doing some stuff up there. But this one is uh this one's all about iron. It's uh, it's all about running equipment and just. You might hear me uh, yell at some truck, <laughs> gravel truck drivers. You'll find out my opinion on
1: gravel truck drivers.
4: Uh some, not a favorable
1: uh, opinion. Let's just say that I, I, I think chickens are sometimes smarter. <laughs> so, Todd, let's talk about what's going, what's going on in Hawaii. What's, what's up with this decision uh, that happened in Hawaii? So the Ninth Circus, as we <laughs> refer to
4: the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which Trump almost, yes. almost made parity with. Yeah. Um, so the Ninth Circuit had previously ruled that there was no right to, carry, to a concealed carry permit to carry a gun concealed, a handgun. They then, this past week, had a case come out of Hawaii, and the gentleman there was saying, I want to openly carry a firearm. And in that, they said, nope, there is no right to openly carry a firearm. And by the way, there's no right to carry a firearm at all. Huh. So now you have when when Dennis was in the legislature, because what happened was we had a bill one year and Brandon Phelps was the sponsor of concealed carry. And he said, Todd, how should I close this out? And I said, Todd, Brandon, you tell them if they don't want to vote for this, they're going to vote for something else. And it's going to be after we win in court. And they're probably not going to like what that looks like. Right. And so that's what he said and it you know and it held true we went to court more in Shepard v Madigan and we prevailed. So the 7th Circuit Court of Appeals says there is a right to carry a firearm outside the home and Illinois complete flat out prohibition was unconstitutional. And so if you look at what they said in the Heller decision uh, quote meaning of the operative clause putting all these textual elements together we find they guarantee the individual right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation. Okay. That doesn't say the home, only in the home, or anything like that. So now, there's a case that was up for conference on Friday, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with it, because it's about New York's May issue carry law. And now, that you have the Seventh Circuit saying, there is a right to carry a firearm. You have the Ninth Circuit definitively saying, there is no right to carry a firearm. You have a conflict within the lower courts, right. And this is when there's a conflict. This is typically what the Supreme Court likes to. They
1: have to give. It's got to go one way or the other. And w- will Alito lead on this one? W- will he be the one? Looking yeah, I,
4: I think Sam Alito is the lead guy on on two A issues at the court. Uh, if the if the case that's is, a good thing. If the case is accepted anytime soon, uh, that would tee it up possibly for the fall session. And then, if it is accepted, I think that is a telltale that Justice Alito believes he has the five votes to secure a very
1: good ruling. What would that mean, though, for a, a gun owner here in Illinois? Well, I mean, should, let's say Alito and the Supreme Court are successful, and they come out. What does that mean to, for us? Well, it, it depends on how far they go. They could adopt the mantra that I've talked about
4: with uh, voting rights, okay, and say that you you know the Second Amendment is on par. With freedom of speech, voting, and all these other things, and that you can't have crazy permit fees, that you can't have—I mean, they could say it's—they could decide that it's reasonable for the state to have some sort of permitting to make sure that felons and the mentally ill and whatever are not legally are not carrying guns out in public. They—they right. they would, based on what Justice Scalia wrote in Heller, I think that they would come down that way. But they could also say no fingerprints. You were not going You can't make them jump through all these hoops. They'll throw it. Out, they could throw out may issue. Yeah. It is not the government's discretion to decide who gets the right. Yeah. It is if
1: you qualify, you get it. I, I want to real, real quick. Uh, you and I have a mutual friend who uh, recently had his um, FOI card taken five years after the fact that he received a forcible felony. Where is the due process? In the, I mean, but five he's not, years. He's not been convicted. Not been convicted at all. Just no. been arrested. That's it.
4: And and those are the weak links within parts of Illinois' law that I think need to be challenged in a thoughtful, uh, constructive way that there ought to be at least an evidentiary hearing. Federal law says if you're charged, you can't buy anything new, right. but you can keep what you've You maintain got. what you have. Illinois says, oh, you're charged. You must be presumed violent and guilty, and therefore we're oh, jerking your void card did you hear and that? playing all that. So with that... Um, That's where that comes in. Our mental health standard. I think our mental health standard is unconstitutional. Yeah. If you get stuck in a psych ward just because. Right. And the doctor comes out and says, there's nothing wrong with you. The guy just had, you know, he's getting divorced. You know, the wife ran off with the dog, uh, whatever. You know, just landing in that bed, you forfeit your rights for five years.
5: Yeah.
1: So I think that there's a way that there's no due process in that situation either. So we have to stay vigilant. We have, yes. to, st- we have to make sure we don't. Just because we win something, the bump stock ban and all that, I, you know, the just threw it out. We have to stay vigilant. Well, and Biden has said they're going to do something on executive orders. Wow. More with Black and Right with John Anthony
0: when we return. It's this show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony. On AM five sixty the answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM five sixty the answer. Guess who's back? Dennis Rebelletti, supervisor, Addison Township, former prosecutor, sitting attorney current practicing attorney. Dennis, what have you not done? I you didn't answer that question when I you, well, uh, you 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 to the side. I I saw that well you know I used to teach at Triton College. That's right, that's right. I, used I mean to teach, about that uh,
2: criminal justice classes. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite jobs that I've had. Yeah. Helping uh young people go into the criminal justice uh uh you know, and probation officers, police officers. That was I love doing that
1: job. Yeah, Doug just got excited. He did. He said he worked at the radio station in, in Oh Triton. really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I,
2: I love those were some good times there.
1: Todd, I mean you know, anytime I, I you, I've sent you text messages when I want when I need information on Second Amendment things because I I think you in here in Illinois and probably throughout the country, one of the premier uh, people to, to to reach out to when you want to understand uh, a Supreme Court ruling, um, appeals court ruling, or any ruling when it comes down to two Amendment rights. Uh, so I'm glad you guys both came on today.
4: Well, done You know, not being a lawyer and uh... I would sit there and I would get a new court decision or something. I'd say, I'd read through it. Then I'd go talk over Dennis and I killed a lot of time talking over the decisions and walking it through so that, you know, and I, and there's a, there's a a group of lawyers like Dennis that I call from time to time and just say, I just want to make sure I understand this right. So I can argue it. And, um, you know, (laughs) yeah, I kind of drove a formal federal prosecutor that was in the general (laughs) assembly nuts more than once with
1: some of his time. (sighs) It was,
4: uh, you know, yeah. That I'm, was
1: the, sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but Dennis is so patient, though. That's right. It's always been patient. Johnny boy, the pendulum is swinging, and it, but it'll come right well, back. Well, also in committee, John, I
2: told you, sometimes the fight isn't for you individually. Yeah. You have to wait. Yeah. And we've sat a lot of criminal justice I learned that lesson. Committees. You, you know did. that. I saw you that. Did. You know. And sometimes it was aimed at you directly. Yeah. And directly for you to respond. And you yep. were smart and you chose not to. So. Yep.
1: What, what you tell me. Just breathe. That's right. (laughs) So joining us by phone, uh, Dennis, I told you I I would have a a township slate that's running, uh, Joliet Township Freedom Slate, uh, because I really believe you can help them understand the process of of just how important um, township is and and why it's, I personally now believe, it's needed. Uh, Joining, I believe I'm talking to Tim Hendricks. Tim and Diane, and I believe it's going to be John Lawson. Is that who's going to be joining us today? Jan Nahorski. Oh, Jan. Oh, hey. oh, I know Jan. That's my buddy. That's his, his son is my neighbor. Hey, what's going on?
6: We're good. We're good.
1: So tell me, tell me, the, 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 the slate you're trying to knock out, they've been in power in Joliet Township for how long?
3: 19 No, no. Um, hi, John. Thanks hey. for hey, having us on. Mm-hmm. No, um, the slate that we're try- running against is the slate, the Democratic slate that knocked out the government uh oh. that had been sitting here for a long time okay so you know during their caucus um the the democrats voted all new Whoa. um individuals in and they knocked out their uh old uh,
1: oh democrats. i know yes because uh well i won't say his name because that gentleman he has some 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 real issues going on right now that's why <laughs> now that's, i remember
6: um that's correct let me add this too: that you know, this group that's in there now is a progressive left group. You know, their ideologies are way, way, way off base.
1: Yeah, I don't know well, if you guys were listening uh, to I uh, have um, state rep, former state representative Dennis Rebelletti, and he's the Addison Township um, supervisor. I don't know if you heard what he was talking about earlier in the day, just about how important it is to have township government. I mean, they had one point two million dollars, one point two million pounds of food delivered. Um, to people so uh, what are your thoughts about is, is, is that what they're doing now is there something you want to bring to it are you some things you want to change when it comes to township
3: well <clears throat> what we we do plan on um taking a look at what's being done now and and from what i know of i don't think there's anything been done in the township you guys tend to agree with that yeah yeah so what we would like to do uh john is is focus uh, focus on um allowing or helping our clients to become more independent okay. as opposed to, to dependency on our, you know, the general fund. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, if we can focus on some drives and things of that nature, that would be good too. But, but our major uh, concern is to uh, work with our community partners so that we can create programs for the individuals who are using our service and help them to be, again, become um, more independent. And then, you know, that way, that way we can, um, you know, reduce some of the general fund uh, assistance.
0: Also, I want to say that right now, as we speak, it's funny you should mention this, John, uh, we have 25 plus coats that we have collected. And um, we are going to donate them to uh, either Morningstar Mission or, uh, Catholic charities, so we are already involved in that.
1: Nice.
2: I I think it's important uh, as people in township government that you are working with uh, local faith-based groups, not-for-profit agencies, and uh, governmental partners. And I think that that mindset is correct. That your help it's a it's a hand up. Uh, you're trying to help people get back on their feet. That's why they call it emergency assistance. It isn't a planned emergency right. every year, and you're you're trying to get uh, help every year. Uh, our goal at Addison Township is to get people back on their feet, get them back to their families, being productive, and, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a small bump in the road for them. I think you're trying to do the same thing in Juliet Township. Is that fair to say?
6: Exactly. Exactly. You know, one of our long-time uh, running things since we started has been the idea that we're looking to give people a hand up and not a hand out. Right. Um, and that we're going to approach these situations from a people-first and a community-orientated mindset. Right. Hey, Tim, um, you, you hear,
1: you hear the music? Hey, Tim, you hear the music? I want you guys to hold yep. the line. I'll bring you back on the, on the other side of the break, and we'll continue the discussion with the Joliet Township Freedom Slate. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my two good friends, Dennis Reveletti and Todd Vandermide. We'll be right back.
0: Now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Dennis Rebelletti and Todd Vandermey. Before the break, we were talking with the Joliet Township Freedom Slate. Uh, guys, welcome back. Are you guys there?
6: Yeah, we're, we're here. here.
1: Yeah, so so what's the plan? What's the plan to win um, are you guys out there walking? Um, and and why is it important that 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 you you that you guys take over over in Joliet Township?
3: Well, uh, to answer your question, we have been out walking. As a matter of fact, we took a break to come on your show today. Um, we we have teams, uh, the Lawsons, uh, Johns group, and um, we have a numerous amount of days planned to to uh, continue walking. So we've been doing that. Um, diligently so that that we plan to win you know we have a lot of our signs up and um you know we've 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 got the radio announcements going and wjol and so yeah we we do plan to win it's
6: very important that we do right then agreed agreed you know john we've said since the very beginning you know this is a crucial time in joliet we're at a tipping point and if we don't work to restore some balance right now Um, to Joliet. We're going to go through a period of time where I personally believe will be some of the darker days in Joliet. Um, It's been since the 1980s that we've had any form of Republican representation on the township level in Joliet. And it's time for a change. It's seriously time for a change. And we can't allow this financial crisis to go on anymore.
1: So if somebody wanted to get involved with your campaign, how can they do that? You have a website, Facebook page, any other social media?
6: absolutely absolutely you can find us on facebook at the joliet township freedom Slate. um all of our information is on there we have opportunities to volunteer every weekend and sporadically throughout the week um you know we're looking to get some uh poll watchers involved we're looking to get some uh help out the county clerk's office get some election judges uh Important. we need precinct committeemen yeah. so you know yeah. we need all the help we can get
1: yeah
6: hey john hey jan hey john Jake said, to, uh, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> to- <laughs> oh, you're with him right now?
0: No, no, I, I told him I was going to be on the show. He said, to make sure you say hello.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> so I, I, will. I will vouch for you, Jan. Jan, I mean, if the people of Joliet Township, are, I mean, I know Diane. I'm know i getting to know Tim. I know you guys are some good quality people, and let's hope um, you guys fin- bring this across the finish line. So, uh, Joliet yeah, Township, Freedom you. Slate, thanks so much for joining Black and White Radio.
5: Ready?
6: Thank, Thank you. you. All right. <laughs> we the people for the people.
1: All right. Thank you so much. There it is. Dennis, Todd, final thoughts?
4: I just, <laughs> I'm having a little run in with a road commissioner Uh-oh. over over getting some roads unposted so we can get some trucks in. So, <laughs> I, hey, think,
2: I think it's very simple, John. There was an election on April 6th. Yeah. People need to get out there and and vote make sure they're voting republican mm-hmm. people like myself are slate republicans across you got to hold these township offices yeah the democrats take them over they're going to take over your county board seats your yeah. county executives you're going to become your congressman so you got to fight back yeah. it starts at the local level well, and, yeah. and
4: isn't that where your assessments for your property taxes that's right.
2: start you want quality yeah. people in these positions they're taking care of the most vulnerable in the community they're taking care of your property values that's how all these things are, are done and you need the good people that have the experience to do it. It okay. does, experience does matter, John. It
1: does. It does. I
2: know that sometimes people think that uh, it, you know politics is a different profession that inexperience is better than no, than yeah. experience. I don't I don't find that to be the case. So yeah. I think it's
1: important and I think these are important elections because it's the government closest to the people. And it sounds like you love what you're doing. I hear I hear a totally different Dennis Rebelletti, a guy who a guy who has a heart. No, I was kidding. I, I, I've been accused of that, having a heart now. Uh, but you know what? It, it's a
2: passion I have because yeah. you, you, as a supervisor, I can help people every day. As a legislator, I couldn't do
4: that. That's true. Todd, got any games? No. I think Dennis is right. I think elections matter and elections have consequences. Yeah. Uh, look what happened with Georgia, and yeah. you know the balance of the Senate, God, it, and what we're talking. We could have won that. So,
1: so Todd Dennis, thanks so much for joining. Doug, thanks so much for helping me out on the boards. Uh, State Representative Chris Miller, the Joliet Township slate. Uh, it's been a great show. Um, don't go next week. We'll be right back here. See you then.